Hello everyone, this is Kayla Sluka, and today joining me is my husband, Carol Sluka. And we're going to be reading a passage today out of 1 Samuel 25 about David, Nabal, and Abigail. So Kayla's going to read through the passage, and then afterwards, the, her and I are going to talk about three questions that the two of us always circle back to when we're reading scripture, and that is, what does this say about God? What does it say about humanity? And what's tugging at our hearts? So while we read through this, um, keep those questions in the back of your minds and see if you can, you know, pick out some, some verses that, you know, answer those questions or kind of play around with those ideas. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Cool. All right, here we go. So first Samuel 25, Samuel died and all Israel assembled to mourn for him and they buried him by his home in Ramah. David then went down to the wilderness of Paran. A man in Maon had a business in Carmel. He was very rich with 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats and was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The man's name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. The woman was intelligent and beautiful, but the man, a Calebite, was harsh and evil in his dealings. While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So David sent ten young men instructing them, Go up to Carmel, and when you come to Nabal, greet him in the name, in my name. Then say this, Long life to you and peace to you, to your family, and to all that is yours. I hear that you are shearing. When your shepherds were with us, we did not harass them, and nothing of theirs was missing the whole time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. So let my young men find favor with you, for we have come on a feast day. Please give whatever you can afford to your servants and to your son David. David's young men went and said all these things to Nabal on David's behalf, and they waited. Nabal asked them, Who is David? Who is Jesse's son? Many slaves these days are running away from their masters. Am I supposed to take my bread, my water, and my meat that I butchered for my shears and give them to these men? I don't know where they are from. David's men retraced their steps. When they returned to him, they reported all these words. He said to his men, All of you, put on your swords. So David and all his men put on their swords. About 400 men followed David while 200 stayed with the supplies. Now one of Nabal's young men informed Abigail, Nabal's wife, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he yelled at them. The men treated us well. When we were in the field, we weren't harassed, and nothing of ours was missing the whole time we were living among them. They were a wall around us, both day and night, the entire time we were herding sheep. Now consider carefully what you must do because there is a certain to be trouble for our master and his entire family. He is such a worthless fool. Nobody can talk to him. That's nice. <laughs> Abigail hurried, taking 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five butchered sheep, a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she said to her male servants, Go ahead of me. I will be right behind you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she rode the donkey down a mountain hit pass hidden from view, she saw David and his men coming toward her and met them. David had just said, I guarded everything that belonged to this man in the wilderness for nothing. He was not missing anything, yet he paid me back evil for good. May God punish me and do so severely if I let any of his men survive until morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off the donkey and fell with her face to the ground in front of David. She fell at his feet and said, The guilt is mine, my lord, but please let your servant speak to you directly. 
Listen to the words of your servant. My Lord should pay no attention to this worthless man, Nabal, for he lives up to his name. His name is Nabal, and stupidity is all he knows. <laughs> I, your servant, didn't see my Lord's young men whom you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, it is the Lord who kept you from participating in bloodshed and avenging yourself by your own hand. May your enemies and those who want to trouble who want trouble for my Lord be like Nabal. Accept this gift your servant has brought to my Lord and let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive your servant's offense for the Lord is certain to make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because he fights the Lord's battles. Throughout your life, may evil not be found in you. When someone pursues you and attempts to take your life, my Lord's life will be tucked safely in the place where the Lord your God protects the living. However, he will fling away your enemies like uh, lives like stones from a sling. When the Lord does for my Lord all he promised and appoints you ruler over Israel, there will not be remorse or troubled conscience for my Lord because of needless bloodshed or my Lord's revenge. And when the Lord does good things for my Lord, may you remember me, your servant. Then David said to Abigail, praise to the Lord God of Israel who sent you to meet me today. Your discernment is blessed and you are blessed. Today you kept me from participating in bloodshed and avenging myself by my own hand. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, who prevented me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, Nabal wouldn't have had any men left by morning light. Then David accepted what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. See, I have heard what you had said and have granted your request. Then Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was in the house, holding a feast fit for a king. Nabal was in a good mood and very drunk, so she didn't say anything to him until morning light. In the morning, when Nabal sobered up, his wife told him about these events. Then he had a seizure and became paralyzed. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal dead. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise the Lord who championed my cause against Nabal's insult insults and restrained his servant from doing evil. The Lord brought Nabal's evil deeds back on his own head. Then David sent messengers to speak to Abigail about marrying him. When David's servants came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David sent us to bring you to him as a wife. She stood up, then bowed her face to the ground and said, here I am your servant to wash the feet of my Lord's servants. Then Abigail got up quickly and with her five female servants accompanied her, rode on a donkey following David's messengers. And so she became his wife. Ooh, real positive story there. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Kayla will kind of start with you. What did you see? Anything that answers the question of what does this tell us about God? Yeah, I mean, I think God is in this story quite a bit, but I think that what this tells, or what I thought about first, was that God seems to continue to use humanity to redeem humanity. So we have so many um, emotions and things going on here, and yet God is speaking wisdom and guidance to Abigail, and through her wisdom and guidance, or through the wisdom and guidance she has, she ends up redeeming a pretty a situation that could have been really really bad for a lot of parties involved so that's kind of the first thing that hopped or popped out to me what about you yeah so i think um from kind of looking at it from david's angle i see god like preserving david's character so he definitely gets himself in a hot mess <laughs> where he gets really frustrated and pissed off uh and then 
like God has Abigail go to him and she says, Hey, don't, don't allow your anger to, to have you like commit sin and, and incur blood guilt on yourself. Um, and I think, you know, had David gone and slaughtered Nabal's household, um, you know, would, would God still have considered him right like for the throne or would, would, he that, have been disqualified? Yeah, or would that have disqualified him? You know, I mean, God moved away from Saul mm-hmm. to David. Yeah. So would that have then caused God to move away from David to, you know, Bob or whoever would have been next in line? Bob the king. Yeah. Bob the tomato. Yeah, Bob the tomato <laughs> would have been next in line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see God kind of working. I think God cared about David living the life that God wanted him to live. And mm-hmm. so you see... God sending people into David's life, nudging him to stay on that path. Yeah. I mean, I think that that, that also kind of pulls like God really is interested in our best living according to like, he has these parameters for our lives, not because he's just mean and angry, but he has an idea of like, this will be the best life that will be most abundant for you. And I think he's, through other people, he's bringing, kind of trying to keep David within those parameters of like, hey, you're about to go off the edge here. So that kind of reminds me of the verse in the New Testament where it talks about that, you know, God will always provide a way out when we are faced with temptation. That Mm -hmm. it's not like he will put us under a heavy weight of, oh, you're being tempted or, hey, this is overwhelming and I'm not going to provide a way out. Good luck. And I think that you know, Abigail is a perfect example of God providing a way out for David Yeah, where he otherwise would have gone down a bad path. Yeah. I think Abigail is a testimony to how God can move and stir in someone's heart Mm -hmm. and, and kind of cause you to, to step out in, in quick action. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and ultimately Abigail was kind of the hero of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, she saved a lot of lives. Yeah, she did. So should we hop on to our next question? Yep. Then? So question number two, what does this tell us about humanity? Um, I feel like there's quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so I think impulsive reactions is kind of a top on the list. We see David just getting irate at his insult. I mean, David, I think, is is clearly playing a little tit for tat here when he's in the field he knows who Nabal is mm-hmm. he knows that these guys belong to Nabal so he treats them really well hoping that you know should he ever need anything Nabal can provide and lo and behold he shows up at Nabal's doorstep on a feast day mm, like hey curious. like whoa hey would you be able to help out and it just so happens to be a feast day and we're here like mm. Is there anything you can do? Curious, so I think there's curious, I think there's some scheming going on there on oh, David's sure. on David's part. So then when his plan blows up in his face cuz Nabal's an idiot, uh he gets really pissed off. Yeah. And I mean, we can say Nabal's an idiot because that's what the scripture says. Yeah, Nabal's <laughs> it, it actually, stupidity is all he knows. Yeah, stupidity is, is all his no, all he knows. The ESV has a footnote on his name that his name means fool. Fool. So it's like this yeah. dude yeah. Oh man. I mean, this I think I think I mean, I think this passage tells us kind of the depth of how dark humanity can go. I mean, it gives us just a little insight of okay, one we have David on one end, 
being manipulative, trying to kind of order things so that, you know, he'll get what he wants in the right time. He's not, he's not helping truly out of just kindness of his heart. It's, hey, I'm helping you, but also remember me in the future. Right. And then you have Nabal, who's obviously, we know that he's an evil man. We know that he's a shady business guy. Mm -hmm. You know, think like mob boss type person. Shady guy, right? <laughs> Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that you've got him. He's, you know, he should know who David is. And who Saul is, I mean, we he should know a little bit about what's going on at this point. Yeah. And for him to basically throw a fairly big middle finger to David is also, it's it's like two guys in just a really dumb contest against each other, really. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, they're engaging in deplorable one-upsmanship. <laughs> there you um, go. I think, I think Nabal is also incredibly proud, arrogant, and haughty. And right. that he said, you know, he says... Well, I'm going to share my sheep. I'm going to share right. my water. I'm it's, going to share my. So it's like Nabal saw everything as belonging to him and serving him. Right. And I think, you know, the idea that people would come and ask him, it's like, especially if he thought that for whatever reason you were below him, it's like, oh, well, you know, screw you. I don't, why would I, <laughs> why would I reach out and help you? You know, um, do you have any further thoughts on that? Well, I think we should just move into the final question, which is what's tugging on your heart? So okay. you want me to start? Yeah. So um, I think for me, one of the things that really um, was, st was standing out is just being very aware of our knee-jerk reactions that are most mostly fueled by our emotions. It's not that emotions are bad, but I think when we have these knee-jerk reactions toward what people say or what people do, I think it's really important that we pay attention to those and submit those to God because we really see two, right? We see David and Nabal who are, you know, obviously acting reactionary in a not positive way. But then we also see Abigail who's reacting quick action and that's I mean, really, that's what saves the day. Like we said, Abigail really is the hero mm -hmm. of this story. And so I think we need to be very aware of our knee-jerk reactions and submitting those to God because I think there are times where we can react and we make the situation worse. Whereas if we just took a second and we submit those to God, I think we could potentially save the situation like Abigail did. So yeah. that's the thing that kind of was pulling on my heart. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, similar to that. I think we see this elsewhere in David's story where, you know, it seems like there would be an obvious um, knee jerk reaction that he, that he should take. Um, but then he chooses to stay his hand on that and mm -hmm. wait for the Lord to del to provide or deliver. Um, and so I think it's just, it's always wise to, <clears throat> Even if you, if something seems blatantly obvious or like, oh, this is, you know, this is what I should be doing, just double checking and asking God is, is this really what I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, am I acting, you know, too quickly or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, Do, am I not waiting for you or, you know, whatever. So I think that's, yeah, just being uh, patient and waiting on the Lord is, is kind of something that wasn't done enough in this story. Right. And yeah. I think it would, you know, it, it wouldn't have escalated as far as it did had David taken that 
you know, approach initially. Right. So. I, yeah, definitely agree. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's way more that you can pull out using those three questions. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about humanity or what does this tell us about the character of people? And then what is tugging at your heart? But, um, so yeah, take this little, um, I don't know what you even call it. We just, we always come back to those three questions. It's really helped us, helped us walk through passages and you'll get something mm -hmm. new every time. But that's kind of the thing, um, that we, those are some of the things that we pulled out this time. So yeah. do you want to pray Good us stuff. out, babe? Sure. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word uh, and just the chance to read it, uh, soak it in, glean from it, and and to do that also in community with a faith family. So we just we can't thank you enough for that. We ask that you work in the hearts, souls, and minds of everyone at Watermark, and just keep drawing people closer to you and 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 tug on their hearts to to listen to you and obey you and and follow you with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We'll see y'all later. See ya.